What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Friday, July the 28th, 2023, at 10.06 a.m. Central Time. I want you to think about this, all right? Listen carefully. When it comes to evangelicalism, how would you define evangelicalism? Would you define evangelicalism in terms of theology, scripture, Bible doctrine, or would you define evangelicalism in terms of a cultural political movement? When it comes to evangelicalism in the United States of America, we'll, we will specify evangelicalism in the United States of America. Would you define it in theological terms? Would you define it in biblical terms or doctrinal terms? Would you define it that way? Or would you say evangelicalism in the United States of America is nothing more than a cultural political movement? Would you define it more in cultural terms and political terms? Now, I think many of you who are Christians will be like, no, evangelicalism is defined along these doctrinal lines, these theological lines. We would look for a doctrinal theological definition, but would we be correct or are we so blinded that we cannot see the reality of the situation? When it comes to your Christianity, when it comes to your church, come on, I need you to be honest. Is it biblical, theological, doctrinal, or is it actually a cultural political movement disguising itself as biblical and theological. Is the Christians you know, are they more cultural defined, politically defined, but they're masquerading as being biblical and theological? I really want you to give that some serious thought. Now, the reason I'm asking these questions, the reason I'm, I'm wanting you to put your thinking caps on this morning is my morning began 
with this. The very first thing I received was a text from my daughter. She sends me a screenshot. It is a, it is a screenshot of the book, Jesus and John Wayne. Jesus and John Wayne, how white evangelicals corrupted faith and fractured a nation. It was a screenshot of the book, Jesus and John Wayne, how white evangelicals corrupted a faith and fractured a nation. And then she simply said this, have you read this? And I was like, oh boy, the Jesus and John Wayne book. This book has appeared all over the place. People have been talking about it. I think it was mentioned uh, in the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. It's been a book that's, I mean, either people hate it or people love it. People think it's, you know, has nothing but truth in it. Others think it's a mixture. There's all kinds of opinions. The opinions are all over the place in regards to the book. So I thought, okay, well... Um, you know, let me let me provide her like a kind of a review, kind of a summary from kind of a, a much more a theological biblical perspective. So I know some people hate them. Some people love them. The Gospel Coalition. I know some of you will say they're liberals. And I, 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 I understand we can that, that never ending debate about the Gospel Coalition. OK, but I thought that they would provide a pretty balanced view that would try to, you know, incorporate both sides to some level. I thought it would be a, a decent review. So I sent her a review of Jesus and John Wayne from the Gospel Coalition. And that I think they do a very good job of trying to kind of summarize the major thesis of the book. So let's do a couple of things. If you're not familiar with the book, if you're not familiar with the book, let me just give you all the information. You can find it at Amazon. You can find it anywhere you get you get books. Uh, it's, it's being talked about. So you may want to at least familiarize yourself with the book, its basic concept, which is what I'm going to do here. Well, what I'm, I'm going to basically do in this episode for the Today's Focus is I want you to focus today on kind of the summary given of the book by the Gospel Coalition. And I want to, I really want to not really focus on the book. I want to take this summary and then just look at your Christianity, my Christianity, your church, my church, churches around you, your your fellow Christians, because I do believe there is a major problem in the evangelical world. And I believe the evangelical world has become, and, I, and I'm going to agree with a basic premise here, that the church has become much more of a cultural and political movement than a theological one, and that the church continues to disguise itself as theological and biblical when all it is is political and cultural. But it will use scripture, in a sense, wraps itself in the facade of scripture. But when you really look in, it's a facade. There's nothing there because they're, 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 the script, they just use scripture. Scripture is a weapon. Scripture is a tool. Scripture is a disguise because it's become nothing more than this cultural political movement. I really, really deeply believe that. And, and, and many may, may strongly disagree with me, but I am committed to that thesis. I'm committed to that hypothesis that the church has, and I've been saying it now forever, the political hijacking of the American Christianity. 
So I'm going to agree with this. But again, let me just read a little bit from the book. I'll give you the name of the author if I can figure out exactly how, how to say her name. Okay, but here we go. The name of the book again is Jesus and John Wayne, How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and Fractured a Nation. Now, some people take great issue with the fact that it says white evangelicals and they believe the book is should not be making race a factor or race an issue. But there have been lots of discussion about the white evangelical world and because of their maybe support of Trump and maybe because of their political involvement which may be very different than evangelicals of different races may not be so prone to support Trump or to support a certain political party. So therefore they focus on the white evangelical. I, I, I'm not, I'm not here to get into that discussion. I don't care the race. I don't care if the people, I don't care what color the people are. I, I am more worried about how evangelicals in general, I don't care about their race. I don't care about their gender. I don't even care where they live. I care about how evangelicals have corrupted a faith and fractured a nation. That's what I'm more concerned with. Because as people looking to the evangelical world going, man, they've corrupted their own faith and they're fracturing the nation. They are dangerous and hurtful. Well, that reflects on me because I am a Christian and I don't want to be associated with much of evangelicalism. And I definitely don't want to be associated with their politics. I don't want to be associated with their culture wars. I don't want to be associated with them in any way, shape or form. I only want to be associated with them as far as Believing in Jesus is concerned in scripture and theology. I don't want to be associated with them in any way, shape, or form for their culture wars and their political stances. I do not. I don't want that because I believe that has corrupted our faith and I believe it has fractured a nation. Now, you may not completely take the, the stance that I take, but I'm very committed to that. So I, I, the, the whole white part there, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. All right. So Jesus and John Wayne, how white evangelicals corrupted a faith and fractured a nation. The name of the author is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Then I'm going to spell the next two. K-O-B-E-S. It's Kristen, K-O-B-E-S. Then it's D-U-M-E-Z. Kristen, K-O-B-E-S-D-U-M-E-Z. Now, the best I can figure out from the author herself is she says, don't worry about the pronunciation. It's impossible, but supposedly it's Kristen Cobis Dumay. Kristen, Kristen Cobis Dumay. Now, she says it's literally impossible to say it correctly. I... Look, hey, I, 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 I'll, I'm just going to try to trust her that that's the way you say it. If it's incorrect, I apologize. Kristen Cobis Dumay. That's the name of the author. You can find the book anywhere. Um, it's called Jesus and John Wayne. I would, I would at least challenge you to take a look at it. Now, let's just get this out of the way. Are we going to agree with everything in it? Absolutely not. Are we going to believe some of her perspectives are is unbiblical? Absolutely. But sometimes it's the... Now, listen to me. This is very important from, from a Christian perspective. Sometimes 
It takes someone outside of the evangelical world. I'm, I'm not saying she is, but someone that's really coming at it maybe from a perspective that's not very in accordance with, say, much of evangelical biblical doctrine. Sometimes it takes someone that's, I, I'm going to just say, classified outside of the movement, outside of the world, to at least point things out that should make us inside that particular world or theological stream to stop and go, well, I may disagree with some of their points, but I think the criticism may be legitimate. Their solution I may disagree with, but maybe their criticism is valid because sometimes, the, look, it is, the hardest thing to do is to see your own flaws. The hardest thing to do is to see your own error. It's, it's always easy to see someone else. They messed up. They messed up. They messed up. It's harder to go, no, I messed up. It's me. It's my fault. Sometimes within the evangelical world, we're so good at pointing out everyone else's problems, right? They're liberal. They're heretics. They're ungodly. They, and we, we, we won't sometimes stop within the evangelical world and look at ourselves, The evangelical church needs more mirrors and fewer windows. The evangelical church needs more mirrors and fewer windows. Because a lot of times the evangelical church, in my estimation, feels like a bunch of Karens standing at the window looking at seeing what everyone else is doing in the neighborhood and passing our judgment. Maybe we need to look in the mirror and go, hmm, whoa, we got our own problems right here in River City. We got our own problems. We got trouble right here. And it's us. That, that's, 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 just, that's just my own thoughts. But here we go. Here's how, what the Gospel Coalition says about this book. I'm not even going to read all the article. All I'm going to do for today's focus is just give you literally their summary. Here we go. I quote from the Gospel Coalition. It's hard to summarize almost 300 pages of detailed research, but her thesis is essentially that evangelicalism in the United States is a cultural political movement rather than being theologically defined. The following two paragraphs comes from page 296 of Jesus and John Wayne. All right, here we go. You ready? Despite evangelicals' frequent claims that the Bible is the source of their social and political commitments, evangelicalism must be seen as a cultural and political movement rather than a community defined chiefly by theology. Let me read that again. Despite evangelicals' frequent claims that the Bible is the source of their social and political commitments, evangelicalism must be seen as a cultural and political movement rather than a community defined chiefly by theology. Evangelical views on any given issue are facets of this larger cultural identity, and no number of Bible verses will dislodge the greater truths at the heart of it. That's from page 298. Now from page 296. From the start, 
evangelical masculinity has been both personal and political. And learning how to be Christian men, evangelicals also learn how to think about sex, guns, wars, borders, Muslims, immigrants, the military, foreign policy, and the nation itself. And I will argue a lot of what Christians come to think about maybe everything from sex, guns, war, borders, Muslims, immigrants, and the military and foreign policy and the nation itself had very little to do with the scripture and had to do more with their political leanings, their political ideology, or where they were raised. I've talked about this so many times. Why would you, why is it, why is it that you find Christians, say, raised in maybe Texas or like, Get 15 guns and nobody's going to take my guns. They'll have to pry it out of my dead hands. But you'll find a Christian, say, maybe in the UK or, or Canada going, what's the deal with guns? Now, wait a minute. If they're both Christians, why do they have such radically different views maybe on guns? It has nothing to do with the Bible. It has something to do with the country in which you were born and the state in which you were raised and the gun culture maybe that you are a part of. Well, I'm sorry. Stop using your Christianity to justify that and acknowledge that your view on guns is a cultural, political, national thing. It's not a biblical thing. Your view on war, in many cases, it's much more defined not by the scriptures, but about your, where you're from. And especially with men, men loved, men, you talk about John Wayne, men like to sometimes, Christian men, I've heard it so many times, Christian men standing in a church talking about any issue. It could be back when we were, you know, uh, America and our war with Iraq, okay, whether it's Desert Storm or whether when we invaded in 2003, whatever the case may be, you'll get a bunch of Christian men together. Well, what I think we should do is load up some nukes and go turn that place into a parking lot. And you'll look at them and go, okay, this is not a movie. This is not a video game. You don't have to sound all tough like you're John Wayne. You're talking about dropping bombs on human beings. You're talking about turning a country into a parking lot. That means the death of human beings. And you talk about it like, that's what we should do. What, where, where, where's your love for your enemy? Where's turning the other cheek? Where, where, where is the fact that these people are created in the image of God and have an eternal soul? And the minute they die, they enter into eternity. Where, where, where's any like biblical theological perspective? It's just bravado. It's just this, this tough talk because we're men, right? I, I don't understand that. When, when, when Christian men sometimes talk about the borders or immigrants or foreign policy, it's so, I don't hear Christ. I don't hear Paul, Peter, John. I hear Trump or Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity or Mark Levin or, or Michael Savage or, or someone in ta- Tucker Carlson. That's what I hear. And I'm like, I need to hear Christ. I need to see Christ. What do you want the culture to see? Do you want them to see Christ or do you want them to see that we just parrot and and sound like the political people that we obviously long to to be a part of and we want their favor? The author of the book sees evangelicalism in America, as inextricably 
tied to being an American. That for many American Christians, being a Christian is is just forever linked to being an American. But Christianity has nothing to do with being an American. Christianity does not have anything to do with being a part of any country. Christianity transcends national identity, state identity, race identity, sexual identity. Christianity transcends all of that. Christianity is these wonderful truths about Jesus Christ. Our identity is found in him. It's not uh, these other things that we seek identity with. Christianity transcends that. We're not to think in such a carnal, fleshly way. We are not of this world. We, I think the American church has a serious, serious problem, and I don't th- see it getting any better. I don't, and I think we have some troubling things on the horizon. I really, really do. What, let's just take for granted. What happens in the minds of a lot of Christians you know? What, what, how will they think? How will they process? What will their reaction be? Just, just, just stay with me here. Just, let's just, let's go on just a little hypothetical journey. Let's just, let's just pretend, all right? Because I don't know how, I'm not here making any prophecy. I'm just here trying to, to just ask you to think about this. Because I do believe Christianity has been so linked with political party and national identity that, that we've, we've not only corrupted the faith, we're rewriting what the faith even is. We're redefining it, all right? So just look into the future. Think of all the Christians you know. Six months from now, maybe as it gets close to the 2024 election, right? We're in 2024. The, the election is, the election campaigning is really ramping up. Everyone's getting, you know, and, and Christians are getting really into it. Oh, I'm going to vote for this person. I'm going to vote for this person. We got to save America. We got to do this. We got to make America great again. We, and they're getting all worked up, worked up. And all of a sudden, boom, Trump is found guilty and he goes to prison. How do many in the evangelical world respond? What do you think? What would your, what would your prediction be? Well, they'd just be like, man, that's horrible that Trump committed these horrible crimes and that he went to prison. And he's being held accountable. You know, I, I feel bad that he's, he's being punished. But at the same time, we want justice to be, to be done and we want justice to be equally served. So, you know, this is horrible. And, and you know, maybe, maybe we made some mistakes in supporting Trump. Do you think we're going to see that or do you think we're going to see rage? We're going to see controversy. What do, you th- what do you think? How do you think Christians are going to respond to it? What do you think? Let's say Trump is not. Let's say Trump is not found guilty and he doesn't go to prison. But we have the general election. Well, how do Christians respond if Trump loses the election? Is it going to turn into widespread, oh, the election was stolen, it's fraudulent, and it's going to go straight conspiratorial again, and everywhere you look, Christians are going to be promoting and speaking of some kind of wild conspiracy? What if Trump wins? 
How do Christians respond? Do we think now, oh, that's it. We get another four years and we're going to fix everything. And they really, and whether would they like it or not, whether they, whether they want to admit it or not, they start looking to Trump as the solution to all of our problems and move further and further away from a theological, biblical minded perspective, become much more arrogant, thinking that it's all going to be fixed and not broken, humbled, seeking God, God's blessing, God's grace and, and a revival from God. In fact, we'll become much more political and, and start looking to try to fix everything in the culture using Trump's power. Three scenarios. Trump goes to prison. How does Christianity respond? Trump doesn't go to prison but loses or Trump wins. I see all three absolutely detrimental to the future of evangelicalism in the United States of America. And I see it will only lead to the further corruption of the church and the further fracturing of the nation. And it will only lead to more and more people within the culture looking at American Christianity and saying, that's a cultural and political movement. That is not a theological movement. And the way they think is much more cultural and national and not biblical. When the world starts telling you, hey, guys, we don't see you as a biblical movement. We see you as a cultural and political one. You need to stop and go, what have we done? Because what we want the world to see is that those people over there, they are not like us and the way they think what they pursue, what they desire. There's something different about them and they take note that we have been with Jesus. Now, they, they will still see our sin. They will still see our failure. They will still see that we are just like them in many ways, but there should be something about us. Like they, they're pursuing a spiritual perspective, not a fleshly perspective. They're not worried about cultural, political identity. They're worried about their identity in Christ. They seek to, even though they don't do it perfectly, they seek to love instead of hate their enemy. Like over, they should see that there's something different in some way, shape, or form. Oh yeah, they're going to see that we're sinners and we stab each other in the back and we're divided and the same kind of sin shows up in the church as it does in the world. Yes. And we should be willing to acknowledge that and say, we acknowledge our sin, and yet we know that the Bible says it is wrong. But I think we've, I don't think they take note that we've been with Jesus. I think they take note that we've been hanging out in the Republican, you know, Republican national headquarters. I don't think they take note that we've spent time uh, with Jesus studying his word. I think they think they take note that we've spent time, you know, watching Fox News. So, in summary, let me read this to you one more time. It's hard to summarize almost 300 pages of the book, Jesus and John Wayne. But the thesis in the book is essentially that evangelicalism in the United States is a cultural political movement rather than being theologically defined. Despite evangelicals' frequent claims that the Bible is the source of their social and political commitments, evangelicalism must be seen as a cultural and political movement rather than a community defined chiefly by theology. Evangelical views on any given issue are facets of this larger cultural identity, and no number of Bible verses will dislodge the greater truths at the heart of it. From the start, evangelical masculinity has been both personal and political. And learning how to be Christian men, evangelicals also learn how to think about sex, guns, war, borders, Muslims, immigrants, the military, foreign policy, and the nation itself. 
the author sees evangelicalism in her country as inextricably tied to being American. They first embraced John Wayne, whose lifestyle was anything but evangelical, then a procession of other strong men, and eventually in 2016 endorsed and even embraced Donald Trump. That there's something else that the that Christian men, and that they're focusing on Christian men here, I say Christians, and we embrace these other things. That's what really we get our identity, and then we try to somehow make our Christianity fit it. We we try to we look to our Christianity to justify it. It's almost like we do this. Here's who we are. Here's who we are politically. Here's how we think culturally. Here's our perspective. Here's our ideas. Here's our morality. We can we we have kind of here's who we are. And then when we we come to Christ, we don't come to Christ and die to all of that. We come to Christ, we hold it up to Jesus and we're like, "Hey, this is who I am. Now I need you to justify it." Give me some Bible verses to justify my perspective. To ju- it's not, no, let me die and let me seek to, to now embrace your way of thinking, the scripture way of thinking. You no, know, we look for scripture simply to justify who we are. The scriptures now just become a robe that we wrap around who we are. We don't want to change who we are. We just want scripture to justify how we already think. Jesus and John Wayne, the American church, cultural and political, stopped being theological and doctrinal a long time ago. And theology and doctrine now is simply a tool to justify the cultural and the political. You can tell me whether you agree or disagree by emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Let the disagreement begin. That is your today's focus for this Friday. Yes, Friday, July the 28th, 2023. You get all set up for your, like your dramatic conclusion and then the, the audio won't play when you hit play. So let's do this again. That has been your today's focus for this Friday, July the 28th. 